Hey everybody, welcome. Another very special episode of the Patrick Carr Show. I've got someone here with me that allows me to knock off one more person off of my top 10 list of uh, people to, to talk to and to join me here on the show. Um, I've got Millie from Black Diamond right here. Thank you so much for uh, coming up here, making a drive from South Florida, and joining us here for the afternoon. I am humbled by making your top 10 list. Yeah. Um, it is an absolute pleasure to be here. I'm glad we made this happen. Um, I've, I've known you for some time now. Yeah. I've been in the industry for a few years, and it's a pleasure to be sitting across this table and being interviewed by you. Oh, I appreciate it. And so everyone understands you know, why that the top 10 list I've gotten. The last one was Paul Reed up in Colorado, if you got to see that podcast. Uh, that was a great one with him. But the, you know, the real reason it started was the way that you carry yourself. Um, I see you at a lot of these industry events. Um, you always carry yourself with a lot of class. You know, there are some people who go to these events and Lord knows they get hammered drunk. Um, <laughs> but you really, you come there um, with a personality and a class about yourself that always drew me to say, okay, there's got to be a story here with Millie. And I'm glad we get a chance to kind of dive into that here today, okay? Um, for those who may not know you though, um, Black Diamond, what exactly does that do within the industry? Give us that 50,000 foot overview. Yeah, so um, I mean, we were brought into the space in 2019 um, in the first party world. Uh, the business has been open for 12 years. We specialized in personal injury funding um, up until 2019 when we were brought into the first party world. And we really, we saw that there was a need in the industry and we wanted to bridge that gap. Um, and the need was the loss of use coverage that goes untouched 90% of the time. Um, a lot of the times, for those of you that don't know what loss of use is, it's an, it's allocated, it's usually coverage D within the homeowner's policy, and basically that amount is allocated for any temporary relocation. So should you go through a homeowner's claim, now you know that this amount, which is usually 10% of the entire policy, um, that amount you can move out temporarily, you can get a hotel, you can pay if you're eating out, all of those expenses are allocated to that coverage. There's a stipulation in the policy that it must be incurred. So that's the biggest issue, right? Especially nowadays with the economy. A lot of people don't have like thirty or $40,000 lying around to expense up to that um, during the claims process. So we just said, you know, we are essentially a funding company and we need to help businesses and homeowners. And we said, okay, well, we'll go ahead and build this infrastructure on how to properly execute from start to finish of everything that's in, that, that entails the temporary relocation. And so my team will verify the coverage within the policy. Um, we verify the type of loss and then we get in touch with the homeowner, um, with the homeowner's insurance, I apologize, to verify this coverage and open up the coverage. And so once the coverage is open, now we know that we can expense up to the total amount of the coverage. While that's happening, my housing team is um, locating a like kind of quality housing option. So we stay, we stay within a certain um, mile radius so that you know their day-to-day -day is not altered. And should they have just experienced a catastrophic loss, we have RVs available, I mean, we have a vast network of housing uh, properties um, from think about like property rentals like Airbnb, VRBO. But the great thing that my team has um, achieved is that we deal directly with the homeowner, with the landlord. Right. Okay. Um, so we're not incurring those third party fees that add up, you know, and a lot of homeowners, unfortunately, think that thirty, forty thousand dollars is a lot of money. But when you go through a catastrophic loss like Hurricane Ian claims, that's not a lot of money. 
And so what my team does seamlessly is budgeting out that that amount and mm -hmm. finding them an alternative option, although sometimes they may not be like kind of quality when you're dealing with a hurricane claim because there aren't a lot of houses available within the area. Um, we have state-of-the-art RVs and we provide that. And RVs allow us to house people for a longer period of time because it's a lower cost, um, but they're also really, really nice RVs. And the great thing about it is we can park them in their driveway. So they're able to oversee the jobs while it's being done. They're able to speak to their public adjusters when they go for inspections and, you know, the restoration. And anybody else that's working within the house, they're right there. Yeah. See, that's what I love about Black Diamond. We originally spoke about this because, you know, there's some saying, I think it's something like 50% of Americans couldn't put their hands on $1,000 in 24 hours if you gave it to them. They have no way to get the money. And mm -hmm. when you see a, a storm like an Ian or even a large storm that moves, maybe even a tornado, it could be anything. It could even be hurricanes. It could be a terrible storm. Yeah. And it puts somebody out, you know, on the street per se, that they don't have $1,000 to do cost incurred. They can't go pay that money and pay that money and have a receipt that at the end of a month they can give over their insurance company. Really, a lot of people, unfortunately, sometimes are forced to use credit cards in a way that has 18% interest, mm -hmm. and they just have no idea what they're going to do when they come back from this storm or how they're going to recover. Um, it's an incredible service that you offer because you're, you're bridging that gap until they can get back into their home. And I've got to admit that I didn't know a service like yours existed until you and I spoke. Mm -hmm. um, and it's such a great add-on for contractors. If you're the first one on the scene to be able to offer them not help to put their home back together, but now you're offering them something that can get their life back together, right. where they don't have, it can have peace of mind. Mm -hmm. um, they don't have to sit there and go, what am I going to do to put a roof over my family's head? How many of these people do you help? I guess you'd say, what percentage of people do you think don't even know a service like yours exists? Do you think it's a far greater Right. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, sad. and it, and it's not only from the homeowner's perspective. One of my biggest challenges as I was building out this new service is getting the businesses, the public adjusters, the restoration, the roofers, everybody, everybody that touches a home, they should know about this yes. because this is, like you said, a great also resource for them to provide. So not only are you the best roofer and the best PA and the best restoration company, but now you're alleviating one of the biggest hurdles that they experience through the claims process. And unfortunately, a PA can't offer that kind of upfront money, right? Because it's a conflict of interest. So just having those resources and being able to say, hey, I am really great at this. However, I also have partnered up with great people in the industry that can help you in different areas. And so for me, when I go in and, and I have presented, you know, in big rooms with a bunch of, you know, service providers and contractors, I'm like, use this as a marketing tactic. Because in a moment Absolutely. of distress, the number one thing that a, a homeowner is looking for is peace of mind and knowing that they can lay their head at the end of the day in a comfortable place that is not at all risking their health, right? Because with these type of damages, when you have water loss, you know, you're experiencing mold and that alone is super dangerous for their health. So, and it also helps the, the contractors to be able to move along quicker on those jobs, because if you remove the family from the home, now you can get in, do the entire work that's projected to, to be done and get out and move on to the next one.
So you're not breaking these projects up into parts just because you're kind of moving around the family that's living within the home. How many contractors out there have one company for your marketing, maybe another for um, your website? You probably have another one doing SEO for you. And you've got all these companies that begin to run together. Heck, you probably get a bill from all of them at the end of the month. Um, you can begin to wonder, is the left hand talking to the right hand? Have I really got this whole thing figured out? And how do I even know if I do? You know, that's why I really recommend that you go over to scorpion.co. Again, that's scorpion.co. They're a partner of this show for a reason, because I believe in simplifying the process for entrepreneurs. Um, and what they allow you to do is have everything under one roof. So take for instance, all right, take what if you could just imagine have your website built by a company, monitored by that company, an app that lets you know if it's working within real time, your marketing and branding coinciding with that website, and then you get real-time data and all that stuff right from the same exact company. It is possible with Scorpion. They work with over 6,000 home improvement contractors across the country. Bigger is, in fact, better in this case because they have the resources to make it happen for you. We're talking everybody from just getting started in your journey to those doing well over $100 million. This means they know the stuff that works, everyone. And you don't have to go to five different people to get services. I am telling you what will happen if you decide to do that. The left hand will blame the right hand. You'll never one, no one takes responsibility because no one quite knows what the other individual is doing. How could they? They're different companies. Bring everything under one roof with Scorpion. Now, the web address is directly beneath me right now. I encourage you to go over there and let them know that we sent you because we want what's best for contractors here. And a simplified process and peace of mind, I think, is what's best for everyone. Don't get stuck with five different five different vendors trying to do stuff for you. Get everything under one roof with our friends at Scorpion and make sure you visit this website right here to let them know that we sent you. And now, back to that episode. So tell me about the timeline though on this. And here, here in Florida, I'm not sure where it is everyone else folks, but they have 60 days to make a determination of coverage. Mm -hmm. So an individual could have a, a loss where they can't live in their home. Work may not even start for 60 days on some items within the home if the homeowner doesn't have a contractor that's willing to front that money like you do to relocate them. Right. How long does an average family, or just give me a, a roundabout, have you seen three, four, five months? And have you seen a couple of days? And how does that correlate with the coverage that they have available through their policy? Is there an unfortunate time where you go, I don't know what to tell you folks, your insurance company has dragged their feet too long and that coverage has ended? Because if so, that's got to be a terrible conversation to have. It is. Yeah. And we have done it. Wow. It's unfortunate because, I mean, there's, there's, there's several points on how we determine that we're willing to take the risk without the 100% stamp from the carrier, right? Mm -hmm. There are times where we'll make executive decisions on moving along if the, if the liability is clear. A hurricane, we're very comfortable with saying, hey, we'll move a client out before we even speak to the carrier because you know, we're not arguing, is it more flood? Is it wind? If it's windstorm driven and there's, you know, damage due to the hurricane, we'll make that executive decision and say, hey, we're not going to wait for the carrier to approve this. We'll go ahead and start funding your your temporary housing while we figure out the details with the carrier. But then there's a lot of carriers that are a little bit more troublesome than others. And it's a big risk for us to take and pocket out $30,000 on something that is not clear, right? So in those situations, we'll, we'll have to have those unfortunate conversations that it's not necessarily we can't house you at all. We just can't house you until we speak to a carrier. So if 
you as a homeowner are putting in pressure as much as we are, then that kind of helps, you know, everybody move along a lot quicker. And so there's times where we ask homeowners, like, reach out to your desk examiner and let them know that we're calling them. Let them know that, you know, we want to step in and, and help you. Just allow us to speak to the desk examiner. Because a lot of the times they know who we are and they don't want to talk to us. Sure. Um, and we have a pretty aggressive team where it's like, hey, call, email, call, email. And it just, it doesn't stop until we get the answer that we need. Okay. So you're providing a great service to these, these homeowners. There's no doubt about that. You're, you're finding the money basically to put them in a home they otherwise wouldn't have. It's a great service. However, though, due to some of the new laws in this state, um, AOBs are no longer there. I would assume that a service like yours was utilizing AOBs yeah. because, hey, we need to get paid. We're outlaying 30000 I don't want to take the chance Absolutely. that homeowner runs away with it yeah. and says, thanks a lot. Heck with y'all. Um, go find me somewhere else because I don't have good credit, whatever else it is. Yeah. What upsets me when I think about that is you're providing a great service. You're protecting your company with AOBs. They've done away with that. Are now you absorbing more risk? Because that AOB is gone, because there's no reason in my mind that Black Diamond and you should be absorbing more risk because you're not running away with the money. You're literally putting the person in a temporary home. There's nowhere for the money to go. How have you been able to work around and negotiate some of these new laws in Florida for a service like yours? So thankfully, we've gotten our feet wet in other states where AOB is is not a thing, right? You can't use assignment of benefits. And so that really laid out the foundation for what unfortunately happened here in Florida. Um, we worked in Louisiana after all of the hurricanes that unfortunately they were uh, hit with. And all we signed during that time was direction of to pay. All right. So we're very familiar on the negotiating. Now, however, that also delays a little bit of us, you know, moving as quickly as we want to versus you know with an aob so for us now we really need to get approval from the carrier before we even move on the claim there are times like i said that we'll make that executive decision we were we were able to make these executive decisions a lot or more common than not um because we had the assignment of benefits but now that we have the direction to pay unfortunately we have to do our due diligence we have to have really tight uh, underwriting criteria because i mean any business is risky but you have to leverage out you know how much risk you want to take folks we're here with millie from black diamond a company that is helping homeowners find temporary housing there after these big storms that roll through um i love what you're doing i want to hear from you though millie You've been doing this a while. There's got to be some family that sticks out in your mind, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, some family you helped, maybe some family that didn't want to help you back. Um, I've got to think there's some story in all your time that could stick out. Maybe you could share something with us that you know, bring this thing home a little bit for what you guys really do for families out there. So I have a lot of stories, especially because my, my department specifically does a lot of um, storm chasing. And so we go day two of a hurricane after a hurricane hits we're there and we're doing you know food drives with local churches we're door knocking we're on the ground yeah and so throughout the the phase of you know restoring a community restoring homes and really connecting with people and going into these homes and seeing what their reality is it's very touching and very impactful in so many ways. It, it humbles you for sure. And mm-hmm. I, there's so many wonderful stories. I can't just pick one, but the one thing that I have learned from every experience is 
every home is their own world. And although we have so many things in life and, 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 you know, we have the ability to go drive, come, you know, expense, whatever you want. And, you know, like just the flexibility of living and knowing like what I experienced in Louisiana and knowing how like the average income is and like what their day to day is like. And a lot of these homes are generational homes. So it's not like they purchased it. So a lot of them, they don't know where their insurance policy is because it was their grandmother's house that was passed on and there was no legal work done to be able to properly assign that house to the new homeowner. So you have like a grandmother's like name on the homeowner's policy, but the the granddaughter and, and the grandchild are, are living in the home. So like to me, the thing I realize is people really don't know anything about homes. Like they live in this home. They they make it their own, they make it comfortable, but there's so much more that goes into play beyond that, right? It's it's beyond restoring your home. It's beyond making it beautiful and comfortable. It's what happens when a scenario occurs that is out of your control. Are you insured? Are all of, is all of your documentation, you know, available to you? And, and are you prepared for the worst case scenario? And I feel like a lot of people aren't. A lot of people don't imagine these things. And so to me, the biggest impact was being able to teach these people like hey this is your policy that's the number one thing whether you take my service or not like I just want you to understand some of what your policy is and I'm not an attorney I'm not a public adjuster and I wasn't giving any suggestions I was just hey coverage A is dwelling coverage B is this and D is for for temporary relocations coverage C is your contents so take pictures of all of your belongings I uh, do inventory so that you can provide this to your insurance carrier, you know, and, and just giving them kind of like the guide of, hey, you don't, ha- I'm not here to just provide your relief and temporary housing, but I want to be able to be an advocate for homeowners. And so that was the biggest impact is the, what, how they, how they perceived Black Diamond at that point. It was like, you're not only here to help me and move me out and bring some peace, you're also here because you genuinely care. And people sense it, you know, people sense when a PA is is door knocking or a restoration company is door knocking and they know who's after the money and they know who's after the purpose. And so for me, it's like, I'm after the purpose. The profit is going to come. And like my favorite saying is like purpose over profit. And that's something that I have done since day one, whether I was in personal injury or the first party world is making sure that people saw the purpose behind the business. Sure, you know. And one of the reasons I continue to battle against insurance companies and legislation here is because of something you just said. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in Louisiana with a company, Claim Pay, Carlos and mm-hmm. that crew. Mm-hmm. And in doing the research to be there, we were there doing some filming at a town hall. We discovered that Louisiana was the poorest state in the country. I think a lot of people would think it might be one of the Midwest states or something, mm-hmm. like, but really it's Louisiana. And so many of those people, when we were there, they had the illusion that they were in good hands and they have a great neighbor and all that and a good neighbor. And so they didn't think that it really mattered, that someone is going to have my back when this stuff happens to me. But as you see on the reality is, no, they don't. Not always. And when they don't, people like you, in fact, become demonized. You're a storm chaser. Even this industry, in my opinion, has begun to unrightly, unjustly, I should say, begin to demonize the storm chasers of the industry as these, as we call them, Florida locusts, as people have said, yeah. that, that swarm in, take, 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 and then they leave 
And that is simply not the case. Mm-hmm. There are amazing contractors. Let's say uh, Jacob Giltry over there with uh, on the tree removal. Um, gosh, Jake, you're going to kill me. I should throw it across the bottom right here. <laughs> um, but uh, Tree Guardian. There yes, we go. Yes, he's tree Guardian. Yes, Tree Guardian. So guys like that. Let me tell you, I, was, I visited him up in Louisiana, and he had some of his trucks there. And they're all decorated in very different things. But he flips open the doors, and they all have speakers, like loud speakers. And he's got this big strobe light and, you know. All this stuff in his truck. I'm like, man, a little overdoing it here. Yeah. He's like, no, no. When we show up in these trucks to communities that are torn down, mm-hmm. we're there just days later, maybe a day later. I want to entertain the children. I want to put it up there, put the music on, have the strobe light going. And so these kids that they don't have any TV, they're seeing their house destroyed, maybe can give them a little bit of time where they can enjoy themselves and the community might be a little bit brighter because of it. And when we demonize people like that or your organization as a storm chaser that comes in there, that negative connotation is such a false narrative. Yeah. Um, because without services like that that come into a state or ride into a storm when everyone else is riding out, they're not going to have the ability to put their lives back together. And at some point, you've got to say, what's better, the property or just somebody having just a little bit of joy in their life? following a storm and maybe, as you said, a little bit of peace of mind yeah. to go, hey, listen, at least I've got a roof over my head. You know what? I didn't understand what my policy said at all, but thanks. Millie came in here and literally flipped through the pages with me so that I could understand how maybe not to get screwed over in the situation. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I mean, Tree Guardian, purpose over profit, right? Yeah. He knows in the end that he's there to do work, but at the end of the day is the impact that you have in the community. And they will forever remember him as someone who cares. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of that. It doesn't get highlighted enough. It doesn't. It because doesn't. fake news is what sells, right? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? That's, that's the honest truth right there. But let me ask you this. You know, you, you come across every time I met you as somebody that does care. Um, where does that come from from you? Is it, a, is it always been there for you? Was there a life-changing event in your life? Where, where's this kind of like, hey, listen, I'm going to travel to Louisiana where there's no AC. It's summertime. <laughs> it's sweaty and awful. But I'm going to do this because somehow I give a, about it. Where does that come from? I care. I just, I, it's just who I am, right? And at the end of the day, I've, I always put myself in other people's shoes. And I'm like, someone always has it worse than I do. I may have a difficult day, but that's, that's life-changing. That's, that's crippling. And being on the ground and seeing people cry, which I've cried with them, I've prayed with them. I mean, I'm telling you, it's hard for me to pick like one story. But now that you say like, where does that come from? I, I remember that I, I, I was scoping out a neighborhood and and people in Louisiana are so nice. They're so friendly. I will work there any day, you know, chase, do, you know, post storm anytime. I, I don't mind because the people make it so lively. And even though they're, they've lost everything, they're still worrying about, can they feed you? Oh, come to, come to a, a occasion boil and, and make time for those things. And I'm just like, wow, this is, this is really eye opening. And for me, it's, I'm going to get spiritual, but for me, it's, I'm a spiritual person. And I believe that, you know, we are the reflection of, of God. And if we put out love and kindness, then we'll get that in return. And so like that costs us nothing to be kind and to love one another. And so for me, it's, it's always been, Hey, what kind of impact could I do? And when I am asked the question, why do you do it? I, I give all glory to God. Interesting. Yeah. We could go all religious on this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could, I could go into that one myself, but I'm going to stick away from it. Cause I want to ask you this then. Yeah. Um, and over here behind the scenes right now, <laughs> when Millie's having a bad day, because 
I just always think, you know, we put our best face forward. We all yeah. think that there's no problems. Lord knows I'm on Instagram and these social media sites. And but when you're having a bad day, I'm talking about for leaders out there, entrepreneurs, sales reps, all that stuff. And then we'll jump back into a little bit more about what you're doing, Black Diamond. Uh, what's it like for you? Bad day you're having down there. It's beautiful in South Florida. Sun is shining. But Millie's having a bad day. And Ann walks into the office <laughs> over here. She needs something, but it's just not going well. Um, I ask this because I'm always very interested in how different leaders handle the stress that's been given in their life. Because life is, well, if we're going to be religious with it, life is suffering. Mm -hmm. And how you handle that suffering will oftentimes determine the ceiling of your life. So when that day starts to hit and Anne's bothering you with questions <laughs> over here, how do, how she's shaking her head, but how how do you how do you do that? What does it what does it look like for you to to digest that to comprehend it? Um, tell me a little bit about it. Okay, well we'll touch on Anne. Okay, Anne is someone who is so graceful and so patient, and it's like the moment she talks to me, I'm like, okay, I can breathe, right? Like she's just like, hey, let's tackle things one one day at a time, and and honestly, my mind mindset is everything. So mm. I constantly am working, developing and trying to really dig deep. I ask questions to myself all the time. I feel like I'm crazy because I talk to myself sometimes a lot. And, and I'm like, where did that come from? Why am I angry? Why did this trigger me? I'm always like being really aware of what caused me to feel this way. Because I feel like I have successfully managed the ability to not get extremely upset. Mm. I take a moment. I you know, I, I, whoever I'm upset with, I'm like, hey, let's have like a raw conversation. And, and where did this stem from? Right. Like sometimes people lash out, but it stems from a lot deeper. And so I feel like as a leader and having, you know, large teams and, and building relationships, it's don't make it about you. Like the person that's being upset is not necessarily upset at you. They're upset at something deeper. And so I think that what I've always tried to do is be more understanding and also tell myself, is this going to matter in a day or two days or a year from now, right? So I don't really focus on giving things light and life when they're negative. I believe in finding solutions and figuring out what's the best way to target certain scenarios and who are my key players that can help me solve this problem. Mm. With that one into a reel, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think that's wonderful. Um, I've been practicing myself. Um, Matt, who's not here, he's in his office over there. He likes to run into my office with like the world is burning down. <laughs> Patrick, we just got this. We got this. You know, he's spitting out of sunflower seeds everywhere. Um, but I, I heard th I heard this though, and it stuck with me for the past couple of months. Is that there's two things I should do. Um, one, I should realize, or two things about the information I'm receiving from Matt is that it's probably inaccurate and it's probably incomplete mm -hmm. because it's one person's account of it. Um, it's not, you know, five people coming in saying this is the exact problem that we have. There's so many things we get in life that are thrown at us and it ends up not being something we need to worry about. Or as you said, it's not going to matter in a year or two years. Yeah. Um, and how you're able to digest that as a leader, I think says a lot about your ability to, to move forward in probably what would be an accurate way as opposed to overblowing it. Um, I tend to overblow it. Um, and these guys know it. Um, so I'm trying to work on actually attacking the problem in a more sane, sound yeah. way right now. And the reason I, I, I asked that question is I have to admit, if my world was falling apart after a storm, 
and I had to call and talk to Black Diamond, I would assume that you've got to deal with personalities of people when they're at their absolute worst. Yeah. Um, they're not sure where their next roof is going to be. They're just sitting there just kind of shaking their head. Um, what are those calls like when they come into Black Diamond? You've probably got people that are dealing with them. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the, just the process of what happens when somebody's just lost everything is reaching out to you? Yeah. So, I mean, our team, our admin team is phenomenal. They, they have so much patience. I mean, at times I'm like, how long was that call? Like an hour. <laughs> but but then again, we understand that we are, even though we're a temporary relocation company and, and just like a service company overall for the industry, we humanize our service. And I think that is such an important fact and something that every business should implement it's humanize your business it's not all boom 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 like hard sales like wall street style it is you're dealing with human beings that have lost their livelihood and when you understand that and you understand the depth of that you understand that you need to you know have empathy towards them Mm. and so my team does a phenomenal job at building relationships with clients you're not just a number you are a human that is going through a very difficult time to the point that we have closed out files and clients still call our intakes like hey how are you i miss you can we chat and she's like i'll call you after five because like i can't just you know but but they they keep in touch and same thing with me a lot of a lot of my clients um that i have you know uh, met throughout the years especially in louisiana I'll I'll send them like a, a message on WhatsApp and be like, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? And they're like, oh, Millie, it's so great to hear from you. So, just really giving that hu- humanizing the business, right? And and knowing that we're not dealing with robots, we're dealing with with people. Yeah, I love that approach. And the reason I do is because, in the midst of storms, in the midst of all this that goes back and forth, excuse me, in the midst of all this going back and forth. I think everybody is trying to seem as though they're in the driver's seat of the person that's trying to help the homeowner. Mm. Contractors, we're the ones who are helping the homeowner. Insurance companies, it's us. You know, there's all people that get in this big, I don't know, this triangle or quadruple people that are all looking at the homeowner saying, I've got your back. I'm the one who's looking out for you. And I kind of wonder who really is truly looking out for the homeowner sometimes. And again, one of the reasons that I like your business and the model is that you have a niche after the storm. And I don't think anybody can deny that that is helping a homeowner and has their best interest at heart. Absolutely. Um, And yeah, you can make money on it. Cool. All right. But that doesn't mean that what you're doing is anything less than noble. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that's that's the best kind of business model to have. Yeah. I can help you. And at the same time, I make a buck that's doing it. We all end up winning this thing. I just want to ask the back end of this and talk about some of the other services and stuff you've been doing. The back end is you got to get paid. Yeah. So I, the question lends itself to how the heck do you get paid? Um, is it a percentage that you all are taking off of what is being dispersed by the carrier? Help me understand that process in the back end. Yeah. So we just tackle on the service fee. That's all. And our service fee could be anywhere from $500 all the way to $2,500. And $2,500 is usually a high-end homes, one year plus housing. Um, and it, it just takes a lot more work. On average, our fee is like 800 bucks, And the carriers don't bat an eye about it. Like, when it comes to once we open up coverage, it's just it's a breeze for us because we've already established coverage. Our fees are, you know, transparent, honest, and 
reasonable. We're not trying to build an empire from one claim. And for us, it's, it's, it's just a numbers game, right? Just the quantity is there. That's why we tackle all of the post-catastrophic storms. So the fees are very straightforward. Mm. Now, in all the, I, I ask a second final question about this because I'm interested. Um, there's a lot of, I say, negativity lately around like Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, you know what, uh, it's just too complicated or the fees for cleanup are terrible. Mm-hmm. I've heard some stuff about that. Cool. But with you all, are you assuming the risk of the property itself since you're speaking with the landlord? I can't imagine that every property leaves in wonderful condition. Um, is that, I mean, that's something you have to be able to address. And I'm sure with all the other states you've worked in, You've got yeah. a process for that. Yeah. And hey, that's the growing pains, right? Yeah. Like you have oh, to yeah. go through it to understand what you're up against and then knowing how to leverage those risks, right? So for us, when we first got, you know, came into the space, we were doing Airbnbs, we were doing yeah. RVs, and then we we're like, oh my God, like they destroyed the place. And it was a loss that we had to take because we didn't, we did not we didn't know that that was going to happen until it happened kind of thing, you know? And, yeah. and then that's, that's like any development of any business. And so for us, as we have been, you know, as we scaled and we've perfected the system, um, we've kind of, we've held the homeowner liable for any losses. So like any damages is the homeowner's um, full responsibility. And, and, and we state that and we, they sign an agreement. Um, so in this scenario where they destroy the, the living, um, the option that they were given, then we have to charge them. Yeah, of course. You got yeah. to pr- protect yourself. Just like yeah. the hotel room. You can't just go smashing vases oh and stuff. There was, a, there was an RV in Louisiana, like completely lost. The RV owner was like, I, I, I can't. This is totaled. I can't use it anymore. And yeah. we were so embarrassed by it because it's our clients, right? But it happens. I mean, it's it's not something you can't prevent, but you, you kind of take that risk, right? If they're going to... D- cause any damages then they have to pay for it yeah i'm thinking back right now the times where i've left hotel rooms after staying there like a day yeah and i look back at the room and i'm like people are gonna think i live like this <laughs> i swear like i'm not normally this messy i don't know why this room after like 12 you hours you don't have to clean up after yourself yeah, that's like, why that's like disgusting patrick just, <laughs> i want to like make the bed and be like i'm sorry you know what i mean <laughs> Um, like it just looks like five people here having like a drinking party and it was just me (laughs) overnight on a business trip. Um, but yeah, so I imagine that's something you really got to deal with, but you have to protect yourself. You really do. Um, well, let's, let's turn the page here. Last half year. I want to talk to you about some of the other things you got going on. Um, and too many contractors, uh, those who watch the show, I talk about, you got to diversify. Yes. Um, you got to diversify your services. New things come to play all the time in the roofing industry. Stuff like roof rejuvenation is there. And you should be able to offer all the services that are available. I don't believe in solar, but sure, offer solar too if you have the capabilities to do it. Right. Um, you've got this great model right here at Black Diamond, but I have to imagine it's somewhat seasonal at times. Absolutely. Um, the summer months are probably busier. What are you all doing right now to offer other services that contractors can take advantage of? Absolutely. So with everything going on in the industry, right? Like it's that's how we position ourselves in this industry is. With the legislation, with all these changes that are going on, how can Black Diamond position themselves to be that go-to person? And so after you know, thinking, critical thinking, planning, and developing, we have now launched what we've been doing for many years is collecting for ourselves and billing for ourselves. We're like, why don't we just do that for others? Especially during this period where AOBs are gone. And the companies that are used to dealing with AOBs, they don't know what to do with direction to pay and they don't know how to how to work with carriers. And so 
we were like, okay, we do. We have insurance adjusters that used to work for the carrier. That's that's what we hire to handle our collections and our submissions. And so why don't we do it? Sure. And and now we're so happy to be able to provide, you know, assistance and, and being able to scale people's businesses because that's essentially what we do. Um, is help businesses scale. And how do you do that? By creating a very strong back office. And so now you have a, a back office with 85 plus years of experience in the industry from the insurance standpoint to the being contractors, you know, restoration, roofing, just the, the mold assessment, just having that, that knowledge that you're not paying for overhead, right? You're just paying for the service. And so it becomes so cost effective for business owners to utilize us because you're not hiring three estimators. You're not hiring, you know, people to collect and admins to submit. Now we are handling roofing estimates for, um, roofing estimates and we're handling water restoration, billing and, and collections for them as well, as well as, um, before (laughs) the AOB law, we were purchasing, uh, invoices for mold assessment and leak detection companies. And in that process, again, when you go into something, you don't know it until you're in it. And so in that process, we realized, okay, well, if we're purchasing these invoices, we need ironclad protocols, right? Because documentation is everything. Mm-hmm. So we found ourselves teaching mold assessors on how to properly document th- their their information, and their protocols. And so we're like, well, let's provide that as a service because we did it and we successfully have been able to collect over $12 million, right? That we have been able to purchase. And so for us, it's, if we're doing it, why are we offering it? So now we're doing estimates for roofing, estimate, you know, billing and collections for water restoration and also protocols uh, writing for mold assessors. So if I understand correctly, you're buying the debt, as we used to say. Is that correct term? Well, yeah, that's what we did on an AOB, but yep. obviously can't do that now. <laughs> yeah, so when I was doing collections, how I started in the industry, um, buying the debt was something that we would do. And people would look at me and go, what do you mean you're going to offer us like, 40 cents on the dollar for something that's 120 Mm. days old. And they thought because it was on their books that, okay, listen, I'm going to collect this. And I would calmly tell them that if you're over 90 days that somebody is delinquent, the likelihood of you collecting all of that money is 0%. (laughs) Um, It might be 3% is what the number of the, I don't know, somebody puts out there, but it's 0%. And you may not realize it yet, but that's sitting there doing nothing for you. So if you want to take the 30 or 40 cents on the dollar, you can have something for it now. But unfortunately, you've passed your lien rights and you're sitting duck with no teeth right now. You exactly. can't fight anything off. Um, and I wish that, that these business owners understood that better because when a company like yours comes in and maybe doesn't offer them as much as what they think or you know, you're looking for a deal for yourself, well, that's too much. You're going to make $1,000 on this and you didn't even do the work, whatever, the, you know, let's yeah. say there's a $2,000 debt. And you're like, yeah, but you're going to get $1,000 yourself. We're all t- and we're taking the risk here. It's a big risk that collections companies take. Um, it's so refreshing to speak to somebody that understands finances yeah. <laughs> because that was my biggest like pain point, right? When dealing with mold assessors and, and leak detections, I understand we all ha- hold a value and especially we're so passionate about the value that each business has. <laughs> However, that's not how money works, right? Especially in today's economy with the inflation. What I would I would explain to them is, yeah, you're taking a reduced amount, but you're getting the money every week. 
Mm-hmm. You're not holding on to an invoice that at the end of the day, yes, you're billing for 2000 but like you said, 90 days later, it is not worth that. No. Every day that your money is out, it loses value. And people need to understand that. Same thing why, yes, we, we're still purchasing some invoices as long as people are comfortable using AOBs, but that's why we had to pivot and, uh, and provide them with a collections option because yep. a lot of people don't understand that there's an art to collections. It's not as easy as sending an email or making a call and settling a claim, especially in today's world with how carriers are handling themselves, right? So you need people who understand the art of collections. Absolutely. And that's exactly who we are. We get it. Because a little background of, of Black Diamond, we don't only understand what goes out. We also, ha- we're, we're a private company with private investors. And so every dollar that goes out has a time. And so for us, we are constantly putting that in the back of our minds and, the, and training our collectors to understand that value and why it's so urgent for them to collect. And we have a success rate of 87.3% on collections. So, That's good. yeah, so like I said, it's an art. And what people need to understand is you can't get to the top alone. You have to surround yourself with professionals who are better than you in certain areas and give them that so that you could focus on scaling your business, on bringing in more more business. So you've got to be very careful, I'm assuming, correct me if I'm, but the people you work with, the contractors that you take on their debt to collect, that is going to determine a success rate as high as yours. Yes. Um, and I would assume there are criteria that a contractor who's watching this says, you know what, last year I didn't collect on $100,000 in debt, and it looks like I'm tracking that way now. I've been hesitant to send that out to an outside firm, concerned about what that might mean to my reputation with the homeowner that I'm going after them. Mm-hmm. You've got to be very careful in who you work with. What do you look for in a contractor? Like the first couple of things, they contact you and say, I've got some debt here. What are you looking for from them to realize that that's a client you're going to take on? We review every file one by one. We need to make sure that we have all the documentation in place, that agreements were signed on time, that everything is seamless, right? And if it's not that seamless, it's okay. There are certain things we'll work with. But at the end of the day, what I tell them is, if you are not doing the average, right, to build up these cases and these claims, then there's not going to be a success in us. We have that high success because we, when we're asking for the documentation, we have at least a foundation for us to create an argument. Mm-hmm. But if you're not cre- if you're not painting a picture, if you're not giving us a foundation to work off, then how can you? How can we guarantee you success? Yeah, you know, I've never understood one thing that contractors don't do. When we were collecting debt, we moved into funding. Um, that company obviously did not work out. I've talked about it on the show before. But in the, in the time of doing the funding, we were chasing our own money, yeah. which you have to then protect yourself if you're going to go in and do that. And there's two things I've never understood. One, why people don't do a certificate of completion, even if it's not required by law. Right. Why would you not sign off that, hey, this has been done correctly? And the second thing is a completion call, mm. a recorded line completion call dated that somebody says, I want to make sure you're extremely happy. Yes, I am. Ask three or four questions that pinpoint the homeowner. Turn that into some kind of way that you can get referrals from that homeowner. And that way, you've got both of those. You signed this, and you had this conversation. There weren't any workmanship issues. Because the biggest thing when I would make those calls, and I've made thousands of them in the evening mm-hmm. time, before what I can't remember the certain time we can't make calls past, <laughs> but the, the person would, would hang up the phone or would answer the phone, I mean, and say, yeah, no, no, no. I already told them they cracked my driveway. 
um, or they put a, a tile through my screen and it's broke. Um, or they, they killed my rose bushes with that, whatever it was. Because they probably got the settlement check. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it's always a workmanship issue. Yes. And then the contractor goes, well, no, I didn't do that. Come on, you know me. And it's not a matter of what you know, it's what you can prove. You mentioned it earlier about taking the pictures. I'm assuming that's the main reason that you're teaching these contractors how to document a job. Yes, absolutely. And, and we learned that along the way with ALE too, mm. to the point that, we were like, okay, everything was fine. This client's so happy. Everything is just, you know, so peppy. Mm-hmm. Until the carrier accidentally sends, accidentally sends the check to the homeowner yep. and not us when we had an assignment of benefits on file. So now a client's seeing a $30,000 check and the monthly payments that have been incurred for the past six months, a year or however you know long we, we housed them for went out the window. They don't remember it. So what we started doing is, hey, when the RV is delivered or when you are in the Airbnb, we will send you an agreement that says everything is fine and dandy. I am happy with it. There's no complaints. There's nothing wrong. You know, I'm accepting this temporary housing and I'm good with it. And so these are... Even though it's like an additional step, and I know it's so hard, especially with like contractors, because they're they're so sales driven, and and these are like small administrative like steps, but it's what makes a difference. Taking two minutes longer with a sales to be able to sign off an agreement that is going to save you in the end is necessary. Absolutely. It's necessary because at the end of the day, you're going to have a collections problem because mm-hmm. that client's going to call the home the 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 insurance carrier and they're going to say no. I, They didn't render services. They did this. They did that. And what is the carrier going to say? Oh, great. We don't have to pay them. Absolutely. Phenomenal. And so all of these little steps is what makes the bigger picture. Yes. And there's no excuse anymore. You know, these company cams and all the CRMs have the way that you can go and document the loss. And I think what happens is that these these contractors become lazy with it, Um, especially following a storm when they're going maybe from home Mm -hmm. to home, they're door knocking. And if you think a sales rep is going to go back out there after there's a problem, there is one thing that every sales rep hates. It's when the job is done having to go back to that house yep. in any way whatsoever. Um, and you're right. Those checks do go to the wrong person or without the endorsement that's needed on them. And it's the biggest check that somebody's seen in their life. And they're, they're going to lose an arm if they got to pay you all that money. They want some kind of deal because they feel like now I've got the power. Now, I got the money in my hand, and you're going to do what I need you to do. Absolutely. That documentation in the beginning and at the end is going to pay dividends. It truly is. Folks, we're here with Millie from Black Diamond. We went over all the temporary housing you're offering over there to, to residents after a loss, obviously talking about collections and how you've diversified your company. Uh, for the people who don't want to do things the right way, contractors, I highly, highly recommend. Can you do that in just Florida or the oh, collections? Nationwide. So there you go. So if you're a contractor sitting there with a bunch of stuff on your books right now, I don't know why you wouldn't call Millie and say, hey, let's work a deal here. Um, I've got some good stuff here. Maybe I don't have some good stuff. We can work through them file by file. Maybe, you know, get access to the CRM. That's how we used to do it. Yeah. You want us to look at your files? Just give us quick access to the files within your CRM. We'll jump right in there, take a look at it, and maybe maybe make you an offer or do something good for you. Uh, so get in touch with her. We've got stuff coming right here for your collections. Collections, temporary housing. What else do we need to know about Black Diamond or Millie? We went through leadership too. <laughs> what do we need to know about you to kind of round this thing out here? So, and then the other services is estimating, right? Estimating okay. and protocol writing. The estimates ultimately affects your collection. It all ties in together. It's it's crazy. People look at it as an individual thing, but it's it's 
a whole claim, right? And so being able to have ironclad estimates and understanding what's going on in the industry. That's what I tell everybody because you know, now that we're, we're, we're offering estimating to, to the industry, the biggest thing is, oh, no, I pay somebody overseas and they're way cheaper. And that's all phenomenal. And I'm not, I'm not you know, raining, I'm not, I'm not raining on anybody's parade. However, do you want somebody who understands the industry and is involved in the industry, right? Because all of these changes have to be taken in account. Mm-hmm. And so when you're writing an estimate, you're ultimately, if you are in this industry, you're thinking about the collections. You're not just thinking about the estimate. And the the overall claim, right? So for us, it's, I know you probably are used to doing things a certain way and utilizing people that are overseas. However, you cannot take risks. And by doing that, you're taking a risk on relying on somebody who's not in the industry or doesn't understand the changes that are going on and will not apply it to these estimates. And so that's why also we decided to do estimating and, and the protocol writing, same thing. It's you're telling a story. The protocol tells a report, it tells a story through the report. And so if you are not um, documenting things properly, then collections is going to uh, be affected by that ultimately. So when me and you, we both go to a lot of these same conferences. Um, there's no shortage of tech and estimating companies that are out there willing to write an estimate for you. I know you're talking about the experience within the industry, but talk to me about the process of you doing an estimate for Patrick Carr's restoration company. Uh, is that something that you plug into a CRM with them? Is it something they send you details, just a house? How does it work when you're writing the estimate for a contractor? So we obtain the measure, the measurements and the scope and just the overall of the claim, and then they connect with one of our estimators. What we really like to do is seeing how they're currently writing it because mm. we don't like to come in and be like, hey, we're bullying you this sucks you know like this is how it's going to be and and that's it no we really like to tailor and customize the estimates to each business because not every business is trying to obtain the same end goal right financially or however they write their estimates what we like to do is hey send us a few estimates for you know the past roofs that you've done or you know restoration jobs that you have done and we'll we'll take your estimate and put it into our way of putting estimates. And then we'll do a a compare and contrast. This is how we are able to scale and make sure that you are getting paid. So you're not only doing this for your residential property or residential, let's say, um, estimates, but also for the insurance companies, for carriers, for claims. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. There we go. Um, Interesting. Because I'm thinking to myself, we interviewed a company, uh, Roofhawk, um, and what they're doing is allowing contractors to fly their own drones. So you fly your own drone with the Roofhawk app. You go up above the house. You take five pictures above, side, 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 and you send it directly to them. Mm-hmm. And then in five minutes, they spit you back out um, all the measurements, everything you could ever want about the house. Uh, denotes all the damage on the house. They do it through AI. Nice. They had this guy called Steve Patrick. Um, what is his? Oh, gosh, Patrick, you're going to kill me for your group, but very popular group on Facebook. And he's been hired by the company where he goes in and teaches the AI. And it continues to learn quicker and quicker. Wow. So he'll take a picture and he will identify where the damage is or no AI. That wasn't this. It was this. And the AI takes it, learns, and then does better next time. They're at about 87% accuracy on where wow. they can denote damage, but they plan to be at about 99%. The same thing was done with MRIs, is that now they use the same technology to where MRIs are becoming AI-driven, because you take great doctors, look at the MRI, identify the damage, and then it begins to learn what is and what is not something to look at. So I think it's a great team. I'm going to talk to Steve about Yeah, this. I would love because that. Because if you get up there and you've got this great 
I don't know how you call it. You've, you've got this great, let's say you've, you've looked at the damage, you've identified everything. If they were then to send that to you directly and go, okay, hey, listen, tell us now what the estimate's going to be for all this damage as, it's, as you see it right here, knowing you've got an accurate report in front of you. It's not something that is skewed towards the insurance company right. or skewed towards the roofer. It just is what the AI says it is. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was what they were going for, a very accurate estimate for people like you to be able to take that and run with it. That's fascinating. Yeah, isn't it cool? I would love to meet him. Yeah. <laughs> that and is so fascinating because that's the thing. I think the biggest struggle, because I did market research, right, before sure. we even launched. And I was like, what's your biggest point, biggest pain point? And they were like, accuracy. Yep. How do we know it's accurate, right? And so we're, I mean, the way that we are going to onboard and the way we onboard um, are currently for estimating is we have a, we have a software. They upload everything through the app. Great. They're able to take pictures from the actual app, you know, and it's actually, so at, we are using this app through uh, Bulldog Adjusters. Oh, I mean, I they, cool. they're amazing. So it yeah, took them like good. eight months to build this app and it's phenomenal. And, and they've allowed us to use it. Um, and basically everything lives on the app. You can even chatter, you get push notifications. It's phenomenal. Um, so that has really made this process even more seamless because now you don't have to worry about sharing a Dropbox link or maybe the images, the image quality is terrible. You can go right from your company cam and upload it through through oh, this nice. app. Oh, cool. um, it's it's great. And I'll show you. I'll show you. And it. it's it's phenomenal. And that helps us now push out these estimates way quicker. So on average, um, based on some you know research that I've done, the way that we do our estimates, 32 percent faster. Wow. And see, this is so important that you've got an accurate estimate, you've got accurate measurements, because if not, you're not putting the homeowner first, exactly. because then you're going to prolong the process here, or you're going to get to appraisal and you're going to get screwed. Yeah. Because I think that in today's world, in today's environment, contractors need to be pushing to appraisal. Because as soon as you get to appraisal, if you've done everything correctly and you're mm -hmm. accurate, you're going to win your case every time. Exactly. But somebody like you stepping in to ensure it's accurate is where the process starts. And I think that's the key right there. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah? So, okay. So we've got Millie here, Black Diamond, went over three things here today, folks. I'm going to put all of her information across the bottom of the screen. Temporary housing, if you don't know, get involved with her for that. Obviously, collections and then writing those estimates and making sure they're accurate. Millie, it's been a pleasure. Like I said, this has been a long time coming and it's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you all very much. And until next time. Thank you so, so much for having me. Of course.